0: So good. Oh, he's not <laughs> At least some, of, some people came back. <laughs> I don't think he's right to come back. <laughs> okay. Uh. the restoration the rebuild, to rebuild a house, put that house. We're talking about re- restoration in biblical terms, where God puts our lives back together. Okay? And we'll talk about that. But anyway, I want to make some slides. I got three verses and I want for three, yeah, of course I want somebody to read. The first was 2 Corinthians 12, 7 through 10 is only four verses. All right, DJ, thank you. I really appreciate this. And then Psalms 84, 10 through 12, that's three verses. Brian. Uh, second or First Timothy six, six through ten. All right, Jason, you got that one. I'll let you know when you're on. All right. This and trust me, folks. I am not going to read all that. I know where we're. At. I'm going to read, read parts of it, so you'll know where we're at and you know what we're going to cover. And you'll be able to refer back to that if you have a question. So it's going to be in John 21, 1 through 19. There's a lot of scriptures today, so I'm never not going to get down with all of it. But we'll do the best we can. I'm going to read about nine verses, and then we'll pray. That we'll be after these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples, On this wise showed he himself. There were again, there were together Simon, Peter, Thomas, Claudinimus, Nathaniel, Cana, and, and Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, and two other, two other of his disciples. Simon Peter said unto them, I go a fishing. In other words, he's going back to what he's comfortable with. They say unto him, We also go with thee. They went forth and entered into a ship, immediately, and that night they got nothing, but when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus and when they talk about ship here now, we're talking about a Galilean fishing ship, it's only about you know, it's not one of the cruise lines, it's about 16 foot long, we talk about a ship right? okay. then Jesus says unto them, children in other words, lads, have ye any meat, fish he answered him, No, and he said unto them, Cast the nail on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. They cast therefore now, they were not able to draw it with a multitude of fishes. In other words, they got a lot of fish. Therefore that disciple whom Jesus loved, which was John, said to Peter, It is the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he heard his fish was coated to him, for he was naked and did cast himself into the sea. And the other disciples came in their little ship, but they were not far from land, but it was about it was but it but as it were two hundred cubic, that's about a hundred yards. Dragging the net with fish. As soon then as they were come to land, they saw a fire of coal there, a fish, laid upon and bread. I'm going to skip down one here. Simon Peter went up and drew the net to land full of great fish, hundred and fifty-three. And for all there were so many, yet was not the net. Now, what's the what's the uh, what, what's the purpose of 153? Is there any reason to have 153? I did some uh, some looking around, some uh, commentaries, and it's all over the board. You know, I don't know why some of these commentaries <laughs> folks have to think that there's got to be a reason for 153. The best commentary I found was it's just a number. Okay? <laughs> they caught a lot of fish. Yeah. In other words, that's what they caught a lot of fish. So one commentator said it the best way. Don't ruin the story. It is caught about finish. All right. So this now down 14. This is now the third time that Jesus showed himself to his disciples. After that, he was risen from the dead. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the nice turnout. Pray Lord, you'll be with us as we go through these trials and errors of Peter and learn from what he uh, mistakes he made, and maybe we'll not make those same kind of mistakes. Be with us this morning, Lord. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. All right, I bring you up to, 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 to kind of at the speed of where we're at over the last couple of weeks. Christ has already been walked up and been crucified, and not knowing what else to do at this point, Peter and several other of the remaining disciples go fishing. They were reminded once again that without the Lord, they can do nothing. <clears throat> Much as He had done earlier in their education, Christ gave them the miraculous catch. With this, they knew the Lord and finally returned to them and with love and compassion. Christ shows Peter the way to return to him. and That's going to be the point we're going to try the next one. And that is of bringing our lives going back to Jesus when we fall. Alright, let's start out now. Uh, in your, well, we you don't, you don't get your your little yet. Now, as we look at Christ's Seaside conversation with Peter, we see the perfect example of how we ought to deal with others. Remember last week we talked about forbearance and we talked about continual patience, love, long suffering. I read a story and it's it got a point to it, so kind of bear with me the story. There's a young mother who recently shared this story and she had a 2 half year old daughter and they had a balcony about six or eight feet to the ground. And that's exactly what. The paths are outside of it was about six feet to the ground. The little girl would climb up on the furniture and hang over the rail. But the mother kept telling her, Don't <coughs> do that. You're going to fall. Don't do that. Well, the little girl fell one evening, one afternoon. When she stepped out there, she fell. So the mother ran downstairs. And she, uh, fortunately, the little girl was not injured. But the mother indicated that she should have been upset at her and yelling. And telling her, I told you so, I told you so, but instead, she simply held her close, prayed and thanked God for her safety, and reminded the little girl of the importance of obeying what mommy and daddy tell her. Now, thinking about thinking about that, it, now it's a reminder of how God is with me and with you when I disobey. Okay, I know exactly what my biggest temptations are. And I'm sure you do too. And yet I don't. me off, reminds me gently that he loves me, and that obedience to his words keeps me safe. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Psalm 119, 119. Okay, uh, let's go to the you've got futility there in the first one. Left. There we go. Alright. Now in the first verses, verse 1-8, in this passage we see the disciples have been defeated, discouraged, and hungry. Their master was gone. They had gone back to what they knew best—fishing. I mean, they were commercial fishermen before they were disciples. But with their best efforts, they came up after in the fishing. You know, Satan tries. Satan tries to discourage us from seeking Christ, especially during times of physical weakness. Just stop and think. When did Satan tempt the Lord after he had been what fasting? Satan's mind, he thought he might be able to find him vulnerable. We need to be very careful when we are physically weary or emotionally overwrought that we do not allow Satan to run a victory in our lives. Amen. You know, Paul rejoiced in his weakness where it kept him dependent upon the Lord. He explained this concept to the Corinthian church in 2 Corinthians 12, 7 through 10. He's got that. Got it. Ah, got And right I should be exalted above was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan, to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And He said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is. Inside, but I do want to make a couple of comments. And I think it's important. Paul pleaded with God three times to take it from him. Did God just ignore the fact that Paul was crying out to help him? Did he deny his prayer request? Ask yourself that. Did God deny Paul's or Peter's uh, deny uh, our request for relief from the going inside? No. God, in fact, did answer Paul. He did answer. God wasn't ignoring Paul's plea for help. In no way, He wasn't. He wasn't uh, ignoring that. He was, he was telling Paul that I'm already giving you everything you need to come out victorious from this situation. My grace is my power given to you in the middle of your weakness. When you are weak. before. He also commanded them to follow him and be fishers of men. The disciples were following Christ. But you know, sadly we see the disciples still had a lack of faith. Just, right. like, you do, just like you and I do. There was a time when Peter's had said, Lo, we have left all and have followed thee. Peter was saying that they had surrendered all to follow Jesus. But now, instead of going forward by faith, Chosen to go back to what they were comfortable with, back to fishing. So, uh, you know, we sing the song, "I've decided to follow Jesus, no turning back." You know, in reality, that's very difficult to live. That's a hard thing to live. Satan is a master at getting people to look back (laughs) and long for the past, the good old days. Don't any of you deny what I'm about to say? You all thought about that, about the good old days. You know, I remember. Pat and I were born hollers. I thought the the holler often at me. We never locked our doors, we never did anything. They their bicycles out in the front yard. Nobody ever stole them. I'd hate to leave my door unlocked today. Yeah. You know, but anyway, I get to thinking, you know, I was watching a little bit of news this morning, and I saw where Disney is going up over and arrive in the middle. Right away, there is nothing at all besides the manna before our eyes. Always complaining. Okay, who can remember, who knows, the person who flew, uh, the first person to fly the Atlantic Ocean from the United States to... uh, to, uh, Charles Lindbergh. Lindbergh, right, Charles Lindbergh. I read his, uh, part of his uh, autobiography. He had a good point. Um, He was beset by doubts and fears, and as he says, fears and doubts ever gone, this was, this was a real feat back in 1927 to be able to do this. But, and he said, he realized that at one point he was at the point of no return. He said he got to one point and he said, wait a minute, he looked around, he couldn't go back, the best thing was to go forward. Yeah. And he successfully did that, and he, of course he made it to Paris in 33 and a half hours. And my point being this, if you truly trust in Jesus, you should see your own selves as past the point of no return right. and truly commit yourself to the Lord so that there will be no turning back. Right. Remember, Jesus? Jesus went all the way to the cross for us, he didn't stop halfway up that hill. He went all the way to the cross for us. He didn't go back. Right. All right. all night. The end result was that they caught no fish and had nothing to eat. And Satan tries to tell us that if we go back to what we are comfortable and to what we know, success and happiness await us there. He makes our comfort zone look very attractive. And you know, the sad thing is, many Christians leave God's will and look for an easier way only to find David is simply saying that through peaks and valleys, joys and tears, he elevates his ears. fine. What did the disciples have to lose? They gave it all all one more try and almost instantly their net was full. And it says in Luke 5, 5 and 6, and Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes. And their net one down to number 10 and 11, verse 10 and 11. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, From henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. You know, now the disciples had abandoned their call to follow, but the Savior never abandoned them. Not only did Jesus seek them out, when they were away from him, he also provided for them and took care of their physical needs. And they came back and gave them food to eat bring of the fish which he had now caught come and dine, Jesus was inviting them back into his presence and into his fellowship you know it's it's challenging to see when Peter realized it was the Lord on the side of the shore he immediately wanted to get to the Savior, they said that the ship would ultimately get there, but Peter did not want to wait, what did Peter do? he jumped out of the boat and swam, swam to the Lord and uh, like he swam about 100 yards uh, Peter was living the principle taught in, in James 4 8. draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh unto you yep. and you know now alright let go to the food right while the Lord's presence alone would serve to be enough he provided fish and bread to sustain the disciples Christ knows exactly what we need and he provides it. be mindful of the fact that he does not promise luxuries but he does promise to meet all of our needs but you know what I've known the Lord does throw some luxuries in sometimes but he's not obligated to do that he says he'll meet your every need Matthew 6, 31 through 33. Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, and what shall we drink? Or wherewith shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. That seek ye first the kingdom of God, and his righteousness, and all things shall be added unto you. Alright, let's move on. First Timothy 6, 6-10. The godliness person loves money, there's an an idol behind that love. They want status, power, pleasure. The love of money will will cause people to do things that are not pleasing to God in order to get that money. Now, the verse is often, I think the the verse is sometimes taken out of context. Money is the root of all evil. I think that's taken out of context a little bit. But the love of money is the subject. The love of money. Money is a new. for our family, for our children. And I think that's, that's biblical. That's good. Just don't get obsessed with the wealth. Well, right. yeah. That's where you get in trouble. Uh, the next thing you know, you're going to be away from the Lord. And you're going to be in the world. That's my observation. That's free if we call them yes, The fellowship. Not only did the disciples have their stomach filled, they also had their hearts warmed because they had a time of fellowship they're on the seashore, but they're the Lord and Savior. <clears throat> in uh, Psalms uh, 107 and 1, oh give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Now, I ask you a question. If you have ever known a times of close communion with the Lord in your life, you understand that it is crisis I know many times I'm talking about that special prayer you have, where I've gone to my prayer closet, the Almighty, and you prayed. This was God's intention at creation. Before sin entered into the world, so we would have close communion with Him. Right. Now, many examples in the Bible. And this is where we can really make up some time. There's about ten examples they give, and, and, and everything. I'm not going to go through all of those. I'm just going to pick out a couple of them, and a couple of ones I like. Um, I like the one they talked about. Gideon met God by his father's wine press, and it transformed. Gideon, from a timid young man to a mighty leader. That's Judges 6, 11 through 16. And the other one that I like so well, to give an example is the one about Paul and Silas. In prison, Paul and Silas communed with the Lord for whom they were suffering, and God responded miraculously. This resulted in the Philippian jailer coming to Christ along with his household. You read that in Acts 16, 25 and 26, and at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bands loosed. Okay. Oh, what you See, I have this little note right here? Pat was downstairs. I said, nah, "I thought she going to do this." One. She goes, "What are you talking about? What are you talking about?" Goes, I said, "You need ten minutes to get finished from this point." <laughs> <laughs> <All right. laughs> Forgiveness. Go to forgiveness. Great. Now that the disciples had been fed, Christ showed them that he had forgiven them. One of the greatest ways to show forgiveness to someone is to re involve them in life, especially in the ministry. Even though Peter had deserted his call and gone back to fishing, he is about to be recommissioned. Peter's confession. Peter, did, What did Jesus ask Peter? Lovest thou me more than these? the Lord's question of, directed right at Peter not any other disciple, right at Peter I believe this was Jesus Jesus was asking Peter do you love me more than these disciples out of all the men Soon that awful night in the Garden of Gethsemane, when Jesus was arrested and taken, the Bible says that all the disciples forsook him and fled. And as we remember back in Lesson Number Ten, Peter did follow, but from what? From afar, yeah. far from the distance. What else did Peter do? Didn't he? Say? Peter also got involved with the crowd, didn't he? He got involved with the world. That's why he denied Christ three times. So anyway. <laughs> Now, we're at the point now where just a few days after uh, Christ has arisen, Jesus is looking Peter right in the eyes and asking the question, lovest thou me? It's a direct question, it's a personal question, it's a question that we all need to take to heart. With all the ways Jesus has demonstrated his love for us, it's a fair question to ask "Do yes. you to love Jesus. Right. Now, the lesson wants me to get into this, and God that is the whole thing for the pastor preaching. But it's, it's, it's a love, a like agape love. Uh it will always o- a kind of love that will always cost us something. Right. It costs the Lord everything. Alright, yeah. right, agape is the word used, is the word that is used in John 3:16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, and we should in him, and not perish, but have everlasting life. And there are so many verses that's given here as we're Reference for this uh, Matthew, Mark, John, Luke, and it, it, it's all of them talk about that kind of love. Let's go to uh, Christ's commission. All right. More and I'm not going to forget any this week. The <laughs> Lord told me I forgot one last week. I'm going like, to get through one. I'll get them all. All right. At this time of teaching, comes to a close in the life of Peter, Christ issues two clear commands. First is for Peter to feed Christ's lambs and Christ's sheep. The feeding could be described as teaching or discipleship. Now, I had a problem, I didn't know the difference between lamb and sheep. I didn't have anybody to call a lamb and sheep. But in the Bible, Okay. Matthew 9, 13, and 14. Then were, the, then were there brought unto him little children, And he should put his hands on them and pray, and the disciples rebuked them. But Jesus said, Suffer little children, and forbid them not to come unto me, for as such is the kingdom of God. The Lord is very concerned about the children. Very, very concerned. He has a lot of verses about that. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, we read how parents were commanded to raise their children. Deuteronomy 6, 4-9. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy might. These words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them with them. And when thou risest up, every phase of life, you should talk about the Lord to your children. So, in that verse, we, we there we have the word of the Lord of God in our own hearts, our hearts first, and then we're to teach our children diligently. This is a solemn responsibility not given to anyone but the parents. That's what God said. It's you, the parents. I'm a school teacher. Right. All right. I tell you the things that we used to do at home, where I would sit someplace every day so that my kids would see me reading the Bible. And they came down the steps. And I'd be down the steps the couch. I didn't even like that couch. Because I thought it was important to be sitting there so they could see The word land also refers to new believers or people young in the faith. These are people who need guidance and encouragement from those who have known the Lord for a while. You know, Acts 9 says we read about how Barnabas took the new believer's soul and vouched for him and to the disciples. Other examples of you examples that I like. Acts 15, we read about Barnabas again taking up for his nephew Mark. Mark had become discouraged and left the ministry and Paul wanted nothing to do with it. Saying, back to Jerusalem, get out of here. So Barnabas was determined to give this lamb another chance, feed him, strengthen him, and what happened? In the end, Paul said that Mark was profitable for him in the ministry. So you don't ever give up. The only way to have sheep in the future is to take good care of the lambs now. And so Jesus told Peter, you say you love me, don't just tell me, show me where you All right. Let's see here. No, I can't see it. I'll get it right. Okay. You know, Christ knew that the newborn Christians are truly prone to wander and they must be grounded in the faith. Christ's great commission is in reality twofold. It's reaching doing this, we are obeying Christ Repentance was a hard lesson for Peter to learn because he was prompted by his own failures and humiliation. And as we looked at Peter's life during this, this lesson, the last two lessons, we know that we will face the same temptations and the same trials that he endured. Right. While it is always better to never leave or stray from our calling, we are wise to remember that we can always return Always come back to the Lord and we can still serve Him as we seek to fulfill the will of our Savior. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this morning, Lord. And I pray that we were able to get some things across. Looking forward to next week when we talk about consistency (coughs) with Peter and with all of us, our responsibility. In Jesus' name we pray.